Are you a teacher in search of ways to electrify your elementary classroom? Whether you're a tech-savvy guru, an artsy educator, or simply passionate about hands-on activities, I have a collection of actionable strategies that will engage your young learners on multiple levels. Stay tuned. Hey there, educational rock stars. Welcome back to another episode of The Classroom Next Door. My mission is simple, to equip you with actionable tips, transformative stories, effective classroom systems, and expert insights for your K-5 classroom. I'm Farah, your host, also known as the Center Fairy, your go-to guide for all things simplifying your teacher life. Each episode dives deep into key facets of the teaching experience, from lesson planning and classroom management to student engagement and professional growth. If you're new here, I'm so glad that you found us on your preferred podcast platform. We are so happy to have you as part of our amazing educational rockstar community. So whether you're sipping coffee at home, out on a walk, binge listening while you're lesson planning, or on a daily commute to school, crank up that volume and get ready for a dose of inspiration and empowerment. Let's dive in. Wow, educational rock stars, can I tell you that I'm about to lose my voice. Ooh, doing these episodes, I know that we release them a week apart, but I typically record four episodes in a row like at the same time especially when we have a series that's all on a similar topic because it's just it keeps that vibe going right it keeps my mind fresh when I'm talking about a topic but I'm a little under the weather and I have been because here in Houston you know we've well it's not just Houston it's literally like the entire country I think but I know here in Texas we've kind of had a drought going no rain and then about a week ago we started getting some daily rain and this started happening to my sinuses and my voice and all of it so I've been I'm just trying to keep my voice going here so welcome back we are in episode three of season five. For those who are maybe just jumping in on the train here in episode three, go back and watch the two episodes back when we announced the new branding for the podcast and the new vision for the podcast in the YouTube channel and our Facebook group, but it is now the classroom next door, which I think is really, it really embodies really what I'm, what we're trying to do here with this show. So I'm so excited about what we've got planned. We've got some interviews that we're going to be doing with some amazing educators. They're going to share some amazing tips and strategies with you guys. So I can't wait. But let's get back to today's topic, shall we? Before I completely lose my voice, we are talking about increasing engagement in your classroom. Now, don't be fooled. Because student engagement is far more than just attendance and those nodding heads with those bright shining eyes staring back at you. It comprises emotional, cognitive, and behavioral involvement. Now, if you listened to the last two episodes, we really broke that down to a bunch of little pieces. And I really, I really tried to break it down and make it make sense, for lack of a better way to say it. But Students who are emotionally connected are invested in their learning. I think most teachers know this and we do our best to really get some sort of emotional engagement. That's one of the reasons we like to do fun activities because you hear teachers talk about if it's fun, they're going to love to do it and they're going to learn better. But it is true that students who are emotionally connected are invested in their learning. When they're cognitively engaged, they're not just absorbing, but they're actively understanding 
understanding, they're analyzing, they're applying the information. And then there's that behavioral engagement, which is probably the most visible form. And it includes their participation in class activities, the attendance, and even involvement in maybe some extracurricular activities that they've got going on. So I first want to share a couple of strategies for increasing engagement. Or I want to share a couple of tips, I should say, for increasing engagement before I dive into some examples. First of all, whenever you're trying to increase engagement in your classroom, you want to make sure that you're tapping into that emotional engagement. You want to relate the lessons to a student's favorite hobbies, whether it be video games, sports, music, food, things like that. You really want to tap into that emotional engagement piece. Now, Obviously, if you've got a classroom full of 25 kids, you can't possibly make one lesson fit and and tap into all of their emotional engagement triggers, right? But you do want to try to find things throughout the year that are going to engage as many of those emotional triggers as possible so that you can trigger that emotional engagement. Now, the next tip is utilize pop culture references to illuminate complex theories and encourage that cognitive engagement. It really makes them stop and think and connect things to things that they're already seeing and involved with in their environment. Now, the third tip that I want to share with you to promote behavioral engagement is I want you to build suspense before unveiling a critical lesson point, keeping your students on the edge of their seats. This was something, a strategy that I loved to use in in lessons as I was teaching, especially as I I would try to make it as suspenseful as possible because students would be like, oh, just tell me, just tell me. And it it really is a strategy that you can use to really keep that behavior unwanted wanted behavior at a minimum because you're not telling them until everybody's sitting, you know, in their chairs correctly or everybody's got their eyes on me and I can't wait to share this with you. So using that suspense technique is really beneficial for that behavioral engagement. So now let's dive into some engagement strategies that really are a favorite of mine. First of all, you want to make it real and relevant. Now, this is a primary strategy for effective engagement that will align your lessons with real world application. Now, some examples of this are maybe if you connect a math lesson to a concept of like budgeting for a family vacation. Another example is exploring the laws of physics through popular skateboarding or park tricks. Another one might be during a social studies lesson. Maybe you compare ancient democracies to our modern government systems and maybe even have a debate. I did this with uh, some older students in fourth and fifth grade, and it really prompted some critical thinking. And your students can have some really hard discussions about things, especially things that are directly affecting their lives. So these are just ways to take it and make it have a real world application. Then there is the, what I like to call, don't flip out, just flip your classroom. Now, this buzzword has substance. So hear me out. It entails creating bite-sized instructional videos for your students to consume at home, freeing up classroom time for interactive activities. Now, I get a lot of pushback from teachers when they're like, I already don't have time and now you want me to get in front of a camera and record myself teaching? Listen, I get it. But here's where the, I'm not telling you to do this for every single lesson. Here's where the magic happens. Essentially, the lesson part where you're delivering the information where students are pretty much just sitting and getting, record yourself giving that information. If it's math, maybe even demonstrating 
a couple of times, that that I do, that let me show you part, right? And then these videos can be sent and that can be the homework. And I do get some pushback from teachers who are like, well, they're not going to watch it. They're not going to watch it at home. You know, I used to think that too. And in fact, the first year that I did this in my classroom, I was teaching in a school that had very little to no parent involvement. And I was able to get 90 of my parents on board with their student watching a video for homework that was teaching whatever it was we were going to be practicing that week or practicing the next day or whatever it was in class. And I think the reason that, and not even I think, I talked to several parents, the reason that I was able to get parents on board with this was because it was prime time for them to see what their students were learning and what I was teaching. And some of them who were struggling with some of the math concepts or even the language concepts, because maybe we were teaching it differently than they learned it in school. You ever had that parent? I mean, I'm I'm a teacher. I've been a teacher for a little, for a little bit, for a little bit, hot minute. And I have had to adjust the way I taught things because of new strategies that come out that are not the way I learned how to do them. Hello, new math, right? So little things like that, when you're able to give parents tools that help them be an active part of their students' educational journey, it really does work. So flipping your classroom like this is a strategy that you can use. And then what happens is students come back into the classroom and their engagement is up because they're not having to sit and get. They're actually coming in. They've already done the sit and get part. And now you're actually able to put it into practice, right? Now, are you going to have students who don't watch the video? Sure, you are. I recommend using something where you can actually see if a student logged in and actually watched the video all the way through. There are many platforms out there that will allow you to do this. So I I recommend something like that or maybe have them respond to a question, maybe as like a, a secret word that is somewhere in the video that would let you know that they watched the video. So there are ways for you to get around this. But if you do have students who come to class they didn't get a chance to watch the video. These are not 30 minute long videos. These are like mini lessons, right? These are like little five minute, maybe six minute videos that students are watching, right? So maybe you have a station set up to where if they didn't get to watch it, they can, you know, go over and they can watch it before joining the rest of the class that's doing the active activity, practicing the skill. Now, Here are some examples. Using Google Classroom to disseminate those materials for home study. You can use platforms like Edpuzzle that'll allow you to embed questions within videos, making this very engaging homework, another way to see whether or not they actually watched it. And you can dedicate classroom time to collaborative projects that apply those theories that they learned at home and those those skills that they learned at home through those videos. And then they just come in to the classroom and there's dedicated time that they're working on a collaborative project with those groups, right? Now, strategy number three, I told you in the last episode last week that I was going to talk a little bit more about this. Strategy number three for really up in engagement in your classroom is total physical response. Now, TPR, as it's known, that stands for total physical response, is a teaching method that is built around the coordination of speech and action. Originally designed for foreign language instruction or English as a second language or just learning a second language in general, but it has amazing applications through all subjects. In fact, the last probably 15, 16 years of of me being in the classroom, I used 
total physical response from the time I walked in my classroom to the time I left in my classroom. It just is how I taught. In fact, even when I do professional developments for teachers, I cannot help myself. I use total physical response when I'm teaching in any form or fashion. By incorporating movement, gestures, and call and response in learning, your students are going to be actively engaged in the process and activating multiple parts of their brains, which is going to help with retention of that information. Now, some examples of how you can use TPR in your classroom. In a chemistry lesson, if you're teaching older students, mimic molecular structures by forming them with the student's bodies, okay? Have students actually physically stand up and form the molecular structures of different elements, okay? During math lessons, encourage students to take steps or hops to physically represent addition and subtraction. Or for literature classes, they could simply act out the scenes from a current book that they might be reading or a current passage or add gestures. Like as they're reading, they're actively adding gestures. One of my favorite ways to practice this is to tell the story of Little Red Riding Hood with your students. And as they read, they have to make up gestures to show like Little Red Riding Hood putting on the cape or skipping through the woods or whatever it has, whatever it is, right? When the wolf is talking, they're making, you know, little ears on top of their head to show that it's the wolf talking, those kind of things. So what a, this was an activity that I did to really practice using TPR when we were acting out scenes from passages or stories. Um, and then it gets even more fun when your students start leading and they're reading something out loud and acting it out and having the rest of their classroom or the rest of their classmates mimic what they're doing. And even for our littlest learners, this strategy can be used with learning to blend sounds. For example, using their arm, they can chunk sounds and then slide through them down their arm to blend blend and create words. Even adding gestures to different sounds to help them remember letter sound correspondences is great TPR and it's great for engagement. Now, after the last few years, we have to mention technology. For this strategy, you can use technology and it can serve as a tool for real-time assessments and it offers a fun twist to traditional teaching methods. For example, run a multiple choice poll to assess comprehension of a current concept. Create a live word cloud during a literature discussion to collect reactions or use something like upvote style polls where students can prioritize topics that they find most intriguing. Using games like Kahoot can even put a game-like twist on review before the big assessment on a skill or subject. Now on to strategy five, that is setting the stage. Now, creating an inviting and supportive classroom environment is equally vital as the lessons themselves when it comes to engagement. If you teach science, establish a science corner where interactive displays and experiments live. If you're a social studies teacher, feature a global wall equipped with maps, current global news, and international artifacts. And for my lower grades, Create a creation station stocked with art supplies for freeform artistic expression, or you can even incorporate writing, phonics, math, and other skills into these stations as well. Now, there are a few higher level engagement strategies that I want to share that were some of my absolute favorites when I taught upper elementary. First up is debate time. Class debates serve as an intellectual gymnastics and it can invoke that emotional engagement. Let me tell you, when you got fifth graders who like they take a stance on a topic and they feel passionate about it, it really ramps up their emotional engagement and watching those light bulbs go off and learning new things and seeing how much they know about it's just it's magical it's magical so i loved using debate time you could do things like facilitate debates 
on ethical dilemmas in science, such as cloning or AI, discuss historical events and the impacts on today's world. You could even probe into advantages and disadvantages of technology and education. Now, I'm going to caution you, and I would be remiss if I didn't, based off of the current climate in education and fear that I hear from teachers on a daily basis about some of the things that I just shared. There are ways for you to do these things without bringing your own biases into them. Again, having your students lead a lot of this without input from you is always the best unless students are sharing blatant misinformation, not opinions that don't agree that you don't agree with, but blatant misinformation. For example, if your students are having a debate over whether or not climate change is actually causing the polar ice caps to melt and your students say something about the polar ice caps being volcanoes. Well, you might need to correct factual information and it's incorrect, but any opinions that even if you don't agree with them, I always felt it best that I stayed out of it and let the students debate it. Whether I agreed with it or not, again, we're also teaching them to exercise some of those free speech rights that they have, right? All right. That's my soapbox. I'll get off of it. Now, next up, one of my favorite strategies is a treasure hunt. Treasure hunts can be both educational and they can be exciting. You can organize a vocabulary treasure hunt where each clue leads to a word posted around the room and it allows you an opportunity to have your students learn about that vocabulary word beyond just the definition. You could also create a math problem treasure hunt requiring solutions at each clue in order to find the next clue, right? You could even do a QR code based history treasure hunt that can link to web pages with historical facts and videos that are then going to have some sort of clue about where the next clue is going to be found. Now, like everything else in our classroom, creating an engaging environment and lessons could get pricey, but it doesn't have to be. You don't need a big budget to engage your students effectively. For example, total physical response doesn't cost anything, okay? Literally, you're putting gestures to what you're teaching, so it doesn't cost you anything but your energy. But there are some things that you could do that could just be save some money. So, and I always like to make it easy. Let's think about ways we can save some money. Use things like egg cartons as math counters or for arts and craft projects. Find old magazines that can be cut up to create storyboards or collages. Cardboard boxes are your best friend and they serve as stages for puppet shows or dioramas or turning your classroom into a safari and letting your students build jeeps around their desks for their learning out of those cardboard boxes. Hello, engagement, right? And don't forget my friend Lindsay, who I shared with you a few weeks ago, who has those low prep, affordable, and almost done for you classroom transformations that are gonna help you level up your engagement in your classroom. Now, if you're looking for a way to level up engagement during your math and literacy centers, be sure to check out our low prep math and literacy games for grades K through five. I'm gonna leave links to both Lindsay's room transformations and our math and literacy center activities that students love and they're so engaging for students and they're hands-on. I'm going to leave both links to those both in the show notes and the description. Now revving up student engagement in your classroom isn't about the flashiest gadgets or the latest trends. At its core, it's about meaningful experiences that make education both enjoyable and relatable. It's about igniting a passion for learning that will continue to grow long after the last 
school bell rings. Thanks for joining us here for another episode of The Classroom Next Door. If you gained some valuable insights from today's discussion and want to up your teaching game, make sure you explore our full episode library on your go-to podcast platform. Click that subscribe button so that you never miss out on our weekly episodes and take a moment to skim through the show notes for handy links to all the resources that we talked about today. Your five-star reviews not only brighten our day here at FHE, they also help other teachers discover the treasure trove of educational tips that we have in our episodes. So if you find value in our show, we would be thrilled if you could rate and review us. We're eager to connect with you as well, so slide into our Instagram DMs and share your thoughts on this episode. Better yet, screenshot this episode and tag both us, Farrah Henley Education, and a fellow educator so that they can benefit from today's topic as well. Your shares are our inspiration. Until next time, continue being the educational rock star you are, and thank you for making us a part of your journey.